0: Hey guys, William Mayock, creator of Jazz Edge. Welcome to episode 32 of the Confident Improviser podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about step three in my four-part jazz improvisation series. Today, we're talking about jazz rhythm. And as I have here, poor rhythm equals poor improvisation. Learn how to improve that. So that's what we're going to be covering in today's podcast. Let's get started. All right, so today's focus, jazz rhythm. So, now without question, rhythm is what ties all of jazz improvisation together. You can have all the right notes, you can have all of the right accompaniment, but if you play it with poor rhythm, it just sounds bad. So, if you've had bad rhythm in the past, we're gonna change that today. All right, so uh, if you wanna grab the sheet music, go ahead and follow the link in the description of this video. All right, so. The first thing we're going to talk about is subdivision versus vocalization, and what you'll see here is I have a measure of all eighth notes and then a measure of quarter notes. Now, typically, how we learn to kind of say rhythm and be able to you know vocalize it of sorts is to use our subdivision method. The subdivision method is the one written on the top here with the one n, two n, three n, four n. The vocalization method is something that I came up with many, many years ago, and it's at the bottom. You can say D, Ba, D, Ba, D, Ba, D, Ba. All right? All right, so first of all, with the subdivision method, there's nothing wrong with using the subdivision method, and I actually prefer using the subdivision method as soon as we get into 16th notes. So if you're using 16th notes in your playing, then the subdivision method is going to work better because you can do the 1e a 2e anda 3e a 4e anda, and that just flows off the tongue a lot easier. Remember, too, typically with 16th notes, it's more of a funk, rock kind of playing, whereas jazz, it's usually less 16ths, more eighths and triplets for the whole swing thing. Alright, so if you're playing rock or funk, those styles are typically gonna be played straight. Alright? I'll get into that in one second. Alright, so we have the subdivision method at the top, 1 and 2, and 3 and 4M. And, and then the vocalization at the bottom, di ba di ba di ba di ba. Now if you already know some rhythm, you probably already know the way I just said those rhythms was in a swing feel. So let's talk about the difference between swung and straight. Alright, so now if I just put on this uh, simple drum beat here in iReal Pro for our exercise one, you'll hear this is a swing beat. And you can kind of hear that the eighth note is one and two and three and four and one and two, right? You can feel that kind of pendulum or that lilty feel. And typically what happens in a swing rhythm, the first eighth note gets a little bit more time than the second eighth note that's how we vocalize that using this D, Ba, D, Ba, D, Ba, D, Ba. Hear how the D actually lasts a little bit longer than the Ba. D, Ba, D, Ba, D, Ba, D, Ba. Now you can use that vocalization approach in straight rhythms as well by simply saying D-ba, 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 ba and you can hear how that is all straight, all right? But in this case, we're trying to do it uh, with some jazz rhythm. We're trying to swing that rhythm. So we're going to say it uh, like a little lilty like that. Now, if you want more information on really kind of diving into this swing versus straight, upbeats, downbeats, syncopation, all of that, I have a great course for you, and it's called Rhythm Essentials you can find that right back at the Jazz Edge site. Alright, so anyway, let's just get down this rhythm that we have right here. The rhythm would be D by D by D by D da 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 da. Now, you see, I wrote them all on a note B. That's just because I wanted it in the middle of the staff. You could play it literally on any note. But since it's on B, let's play it on B. So that'd be here we go. D by D by D by D ba, da da da. Okay, so like I said, if you want more information and dive deeper, you can take a look at that Rhythm Essentials course. I just want you to play it right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to play these two measures, all right, uh, a couple of times. And what I want you to try, first of all, is just vocalizing it. Don't try playing it until you vocalize it. Now, I'll tell you, you're probably going to play it and, and, and try and vocalize it at the same time. That's fine. But what you're probably going to find is that you're not going to be able to do that, all right? And that's why I say vocalize it first. Start with that first, but you try it. Here we go. D ba d ba d ba d ba da 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 da. D ba d ba d ba d ba da 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 da. D ba d ba d ba d ba da 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 da. D ba d ba d ba d ba da da. Listen, if I play it straight. See how that sounds weird against that uh, swing beat? However, listen to what happens if I put on like a rock beat here instead, okay? Then I swing it, right? Feels weird, right? But when I do it straight like this, So when I play the rhythm straight in a rock field, it sounds great. When I play it swung, it doesn't sound so good. Same thing you know, when I put the swing beat on. If I try playing the rhythm straight, it doesn't sound so good. So typically, when playing rock, pop, classical, bossa nova, Latin music, a lot of times that is all in a straight eighth feel. When playing blues, jazz, sometimes some R&B kind of stuff, that would be more of a swing feel all right. and then I will tell you this before we move on the amount of swing and how much you emphasize that changes to each player some players play more straight than swung some players really swing that rhythm a lot right and what's kind of neat is you can kind of tell some different players just by how they swing their eighth notes all right so let's move on So the first rhythm that we're going to do here pretty simple. Let me play it for you. It's da di ba di ba di ba great big whole note. I completely understand saying great big whole note is absolutely like uh, kind of childish and silly. But it works. Great big whole note. All right, you're holding it down for four beats. And it's just getting you to remember that it is called a whole note. If you want to just count it one two three four, fine, no worries. All right. So here we go. We got a quarter note. And then six eighth notes to a a whole note. Here we go. Da, di, ba, di, ba, di, ba, great big whole note. Da, di, ba, di, ba, di, ba, great big whole note. Da, di, ba, di, ba, di, ba, great big whole note. The other thing you might notice is when I play that quarter note, especially if you're from a classical background, I'm not doing this. Da, D buddy, D buddy. D. I'm not holding that quarter note out for its full value because typically when playing jazz, that quarter note gets a little bit more of a bounce. It's not quite staccato, but it just gets detached a little bit more. All right, so that's rhythm number one from exercise number one. Here we go. This is the rhythm from exercise number eight. Now see if you can figure out the vocalization. If you want to pause the video, uh, or pause uh, the audio, you can just go ahead and uh, see if you could figure out this vocalization on, on your own. It's four eighth notes, two quarter notes, four eighth notes, two quarter notes. And one thing you'll notice here is I beamed these eighth notes differently, just so you can see that this is still four eighth notes, and that's still four eighth notes. So you can beam them as two and two, or beam them all as four. All right, and then that's a whole nother discussion of beaming and why uh, uh, it works like that. But basically, this is the two different ways in which you could see this uh, beamed for those eighth notes. All right, so here we go. Uh, I'm going to play it first, and I'm not going to vocalize it. See if you can figure out the vocalization. One, two, here I go. Do it one more time. Ready, go. You said di, ba, di, ba da, da di, ba, di, ba da da. You are absolutely correct. Great job, right? So let's just try doing it two times. Play it along with me. I'll put the drum track on here. Here we go.. Again. Great. Let me slow it down. We'll do it one more time. Two more measures. Here we go. Two. Ready go. D ba dee, ba da da dee, ba dee, ba da da. Okay, great. Awesome job. Let's move on to the next rhythm cuz we have a lot to cover. All right. So now this way you can see this is from exercise 22 and now it's much more advanced, right? We add on complexity to our rhythms as we move along in the confident improviser. Now we have di ba ba di ba di ba da di ba. Right? Now you can start to hear that this rhythm starts to sound much more like a jazz improvisational rhythm. Right? So, di ba, ba di ba di ba da, di ba. The first two beats here is a syncopated rhythm. It's an eighth note to a quarter note and then to another eighth note. Sometimes, uh, some people like to call this synco pa, right? kind of from the Kodai school. Syn-co- Pa-di-ba-di-ba-da-di-ba. Di, ba, I just like to hold out that ba. I just notice here I put in an, an extra A here. So, di-ba-ba-di-ba-di-ba-da-di-ba. Ba, di, ba, di, ba, di, Sing it with me or say it with me. Here we go. Di-ba-ba-di-ba-di-ba-da-di-ba. Ba, di, ba, di, ba, di, Again. Di-ba-ba-di-ba-di-ba-da-di-ba. Ba, di, ba, di, ba, and you see that this last ba is tied over to a half note there. You can hold it out for the whole beat three and four here, or just go di ba and just kind of let it uh, fade away. Completely up to you. Alright, so let's try playing that along with the drum track. We'll go through it two times. Here we go. D ba dee bah dee bah da, bah, ba di ba di ba da Again. D ba ba di ba. Ba, Alright, great. So now you get these three rhythms together. So what do we do now? Well, let's put it all together. Right, so the first step is you have to make sure that you have your accompaniment down. So now, if you don't believe me on that, you think that I'm full of it on that, then you should probably just go to another teacher, because I am here to tell you, if you do not have your accompaniment mastered in your left hand, then it's going to be virtually impossible for you to be able to play anything I in the right hand The reason for that is you can only you can only think about one thing at a time, right? So you can't be thinking about the left hand and trying to figure out what you're going to play in the left hand while also trying to figure out what you're going to play in the right hand. So it's really important to start with that simple accompaniment. Now, even if you're a more advanced player, I suggest doing this simple accompaniment to get started. Why? Because it's very versatile. Right? Just that C, E flat, F and G half notes, right? Very, very simple. Now, if you're a little bit more advanced, you want to throw some chords on the right hand, let me show you some chords you can do. You can do this, C minor, F minor, G7, alter like this, back to C minor. do some stuff like what I'm doing down there I'm kind of playing around with that bass bass line a little bit. Again, if you're an advanced player and you want to try doing that, go ahead and do it. The main thing to notice though is and the main thing to make sure that you're doing is make sure you're playing that bass line steady. Do not do this. I talked about this in part one, right? Don't do this. I'd say see how I'm just jumping right in there. Okay, so now this is where playing along with our drum track is going to help. Here we go. I'll play the chords in the right hand for you as well. If you're not there yet, just do the left hand with me. Here we go. You don't have to do the right hand. You'll notice what I'm doing on that G7. I'm playing as an altered chord. like that sharp nine flat 13. Again, if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it right now. The main thing is just to get this down right here. That's it. So just make sure that you have that left hand down play that along with that backing track. Okay, and just make sure you have that accompaniment down very, very well. Right? You don't have to do this accompaniment. But I do find that the baseline accompaniment is nice because it gives some motion. You could just like play a C minor chord and you're like Improvise there, but you see that there's, 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 there's nothing accompanying you, right? Whereas when I go, when I start to do that, you can now hear that, oh, there's some motion going on. That's why I like the bass line, and that's why I teach that bass line first. Alright, so now step one is the accompaniment. Step two, get your ingredients. That's pretty simple. We've already covered the ingredients. We know that that C minor five finger scale works perfectly over that bass line. And again, if you need to know, well, what scales work over what chords and, you know, uh, approaches and and enclosures and all that, that's what the Confident Improviser goes through. So if you want to dive into that more, just check out the Confident Improviser, and you have exercise after exercise that's going to show you exactly how to put all of this together. But for right now, our purpose is today, we're just going to use that C minor five-finger scale, which are the notes C, D, E flat, F, and G. That's what you're going to be doing in the right hand, okay? And the left hand again is going to be that simple bass line, all right? All right. So now we have our ingredients. If you haven't practiced that going up and down, just make sure you know that, right? So again, it's C, D, E flat, F, G. So just make sure that you have that uh, down well, Because uh, you want to make sure that the right hand is also steady. So, like I said, the left hand has to be steady. Well, you gotta also know what's going on in the right hand because the next step that we're going to do is now we're going to get our rhythm and we are going to start to apply notes to our rhythm. The rhythm we're gonna use is that first rhythm, real simple. Da, di, ba, di, ba, di, ba, great big whole note. Like I said, I don't have to play it on, on B, so for right now, I'm just gonna play it on G. Now, before I add any notes to this rhythm, One of the things I like to suggest to students is just try playing that uh, rhythm on a single note while playing the accompaniment. So remember that accompaniment again is that simple bass line, right? So try playing this rhythm Da, di, ba, di, ba, di, ba, great big whole note. Da, di, ba, di, ba, di, ba, great big whole note. It takes a little bit of like, kind of like figuring this out. Like, you know, how how, how do I line this up? All right, and it's kind of like copy and paste in a way. All right, so remember our our accompaniment here. That C E flat F G. That's the first measure. That's the second measure. All right. Well, look at what's happening here. There's your first measure. There's your second measure. Okay. So it's a two measure rhythm, and that's a two measure accompaniment. So you can just play this rhythm right over that accompaniment. Okay. So we've done that. Now step four we're going to add notes to the rhythm. And this is where sometimes students get a little bit confused, because we were talking about taking these notes from the five finger scale, right. And then as soon as we start to add the notes to the rhythm, students are confused because they're like, well, well, what note do I start with? You know, what notes can I choose, you could choose any of those five notes, okay? So some of them are gonna sound a little bit better than others. This is where your ear comes in, you start to figure out like, eh, I don't like starting on that note typically what I would suggest is start on a chord tone. So the chord is C minor seven. So the chord tones here are C E flat and G B flat as well, but we're not getting to that as part of the five finger scale. So basically, the D and the F are not found in that C minor chord, right? So I'm probably gonna want to start on a C an E flat or a G. And what did I do here in this example, I started on a C. Okay, and then now rather than going up to the D, I skipped and went up to the E flat. So here's my leg. You also hear that I kind of clicked my tongue on beats two and four over here. For you advanced players you know there's my backbeat right so I'm kind of using my clicking my tongue as a placeholder right Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about there or that's too advanced don't worry you don't have to try you don't have to do that all right so let's just try playing that right hand just by itself so it's da di ba di ba di ba great big whole note if you're like me I don't want to say great big whole note so it'd be da di ba di Da di ba di ba di ba one two three four. Da di ba di ba di ba one two three four. Together. Da di ba, di ba di ba di ba one two three four. Da di ba di ba di ba one two three four. Da di ba di ba di. Ba two, three, four. Okay, so now let's kind of let's step back for a second and just just chat about this just a little bit because some students are going to say wait a second this this isn't improvising right this this is just making up licks. And there's no improvisation here, there's no spur of the moment. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing. First of all, I've been doing this a long time. And I and I know when I just say to a student, hey, here's a scale and here's an accompaniment go ahead and start to improvise. It all falls apart why is that well the reason is that we have to build up that kinesthetic you know body memory right that that, the the body mechanics of getting the right hand and the left hand playing the same thing at the same time or the right thing at the same time okay so how many times have you said or how many times have i heard over the years i can't play hands together you absolutely can play hands together unless there's some physical problem that's preventing you from playing hands together, but most people can play hands together. The reason they say they can't play hands together is because the method usually that they follow usually goes too fast, and it doesn't show them and break it down slowly so they start with something simple. You see how simple we're starting our improvisation here? Now, this is not where you're going to end. This is just a beginning. This is just scratching the surface. So what do you do now? right with this. It's a very simple rhythm, da, di, ba, di, ba, di, ba, one, two, three, four, simple rhythm, even if you've never played music before, I could teach you that rhythm in less than five minutes, right within, a, you know, 1530 minutes, you could be playing this hands together, you know, even if you've never played piano before. So now where do you go from here? Now you take the notes and you rearrange the notes, you don't change the accompaniment, You don't change the rhythm. That's key, okay? Because a lot of times what students want to do is they'll want to do this. All right, yeah, yeah, I I got it, I got it. it. Yeah, they they, they start doing this kind of stuff. And then guess what, the rhythm all falls apart. And guess what, as soon as the rhythm all falls apart, nobody wants to hear that, okay? The example I like to use is like if if I do that, like hearing that right? That sounds good. Well now what if I do this? Right all the same notes all the quote unquote, right notes, but I'm playing it with horrible rhythm. Guess what? Nobody wants to hear that bad rhythm, right? Same thing when it comes to improvisation as well. If your rhythm is horrible, your improvisation is going to sound horrible. Right? So if you want your improv to sound good, you have to get down your rhythm. Right. So now, what do you do with this? Well, rather than starting on C, change it around. Right? And usually, what I say is just go to the opposite end. So if I start on C, start on G and then try coming down. Try a different one. Nah, I don't like that one as much. Okay, that's good. Right. Whoops. Whoop! I changed the rhythm around a little bit there. That's what starts to happen next. As you get the rhythm down well and you get your accompaniment down well, then you naturally start to move into your own stuff. This is where the magic happens. I've seen it happen time and time again, where a student will start with something very simple like this, but very quickly will start to graduate into their own stuff. So the first thing, though, is you got to get this down well, right? Okay, so let's talk uh, some practice routines here. Number one practice each of the rhythms individually. All right, and see how I said away from the piano, you can download this sheet, okay, or take whatever rhythm sheet you want, but download the rhythms here, practice these rhythms individually. All right, you really want to get them down. Well, you want to make sure that you vocalize them as well. If you feel silly vocalizing, don't vocalize, but I will tell you that it helps. And usually the students that don't vocalize, they're the ones that have trouble with rhythm. So choice is yours. Number two, try reversing the order of the rhythm or mixing them together. I'll talk about that in a second, right? Number three, add notes to the rhythm and create a book of licks. So just like we did here, how we have a rhythm, we had our ingredients and then we created licks. You could do the same thing and you could write these out. you could have dozens and dozens of licks. all right? And number four, try playing the ingredients over the accompaniment uh, patterns from lesson number one right so like try doing these and then try bringing them over into that lesson one right so try taking these rhythms and you can apply them into that lesson one as well alright um, so how I was talking about mixing up the rhythms all right? let's go back to the rhythms here for a second Okay, so we have let's just take this, the, these two rhythms right here, we have da di ba di ba di ba great big whole note. Okay, so let's take off this second measure here the great big whole note Eh, kind of boring, right? Just holding it out for four beats. And instead, let's bring in this rhythm d gem, di ba di ba da da. So then I have da di ba di ba di ba di ba di ba da da. So you see how I took the second part the second measure, right? You could think of it as the first as well, it doesn't matter. But the second measure, the four eighth notes and two quarter notes, take that, and then I just put it at the end of that first rhythm. Okay? So now that allows me to create a bunch of brand new rhythms. I could take the first measure of one rhythm tack it on to the second measure of a different rhythm. Take the first measure of this rhythm, tack it on to the first measure of a different rhythm, right. So you have all these different permutations, you can also go so far as to change around the rhythms inside of the measure. Since these rhythms are all in four, four time, what I suggest you do is split the measure in half, right. So what you should do is I'll put a little graphic here for you. All right. So take this and Kind of thin but you can still see it right see how you could just break this up right in half so take the first half of the of the rhythm and then the second half of the rhythm. so we have da di ba right so that's the first two beats and the second two beats is di ba di ba so then what i could do is in the second measure here take these two parts and rather than just repeating them exactly as is maybe i play the second part then the first part so it would be da body ba, d ba, ba, ba da dee, ba. so you see how I took the first measure broken in half moved it around okay these get into some more advanced concepts for sure so if that's confusing to you you don't understand what I'm talking about don't about it you don't have to do any of that you can literally just practice these three rhythms get these three rhythms down well get them down with that's that basic accompaniment here and you got some cool sounding stuff this is what happens when I play this uh, rhythm from uh, exercise 22 Especially if you've never improvised before to be able to make sounds like that pretty quickly is pretty cool alright, so anyway uh, that's it for uh, this uh, uh, part three, coming up what I'm going to do is I'm going to take uh, in this one I was speaking more towards beginners, somewhat to intermediate and advanced, in part four I'm going to give you some more advanced concepts that we're pulling out of the confident improviser, things like Uh, Our scale cells, different scales like altered scales, half hold diminished, stuff like that, our rootless chords. So that's going to be in part four. I'm going to show you how to take and then create some more advanced sounds and talk about some more advanced improvisation. In part four, I also want to remind you that I love answering my students' questions. All right, so every other Thursday, students can join me uh, for the Confident Improviser and Standards by the Dozen Q and A session. That's my Jazz Edge students. If you want more information, just go back to jazzedge.com, and uh, you can get some more information. All right, so you got a lot of stuff to practice here. Right, practice through that simple accompaniment. Do the rhythms. Try creating your licks. And I will see you in part four of the series.